It is so incredible what today can happen when God's people get together and they get in one accord and start thinking right, then they start doing right, and they become living proof of a loving God to a watching world. And the world today is waiting to see a miracle. The world today is hurting. All you have to do is watch or read the news. We need revival in the world, not just in America. And we need to see the power of God like we've never seen the power of God in our entire lifetime. And God's Word is always God's Word. It's always true. It's always inerrant. It is empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that wrote it, interprets it, and then gives power to the believer to live it. And today I want to talk to you about what may be the most critical thing in the entire circle of trying to convince ourselves that we know that we know that Jesus Christ lives in our life and that we know that the power that's in us is the power of God and the need is everywhere everywhere we look everything we hear everything we do we see there's problems there's problems there's problems and so today I want to speak from a very simple proverb uh, a, a message that is so clear in the 23rd chapter of Proverbs verse 7 it says for as he thinketh in his heart so is he for as a man thinketh so is he the title of the message today as a man thinketh so is he the title comes from that verse and I want to read to you from Philippians chapter 4 from the New Testament verse 8 says finally brethren whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are honest whatsoever things are just whatsoever things are pure whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are of good report if there be any virtue and if there be any praise think on these things as a man thinketh so is he when we think wrong we do wrong thinking precedes most decisions that we make now sometimes we foolishly speak without thinking everybody around us knows it and usually we know it the southern word for that is popping off but when our heart and mind is fixed upon Jesus he becomes the author and the finisher of our faith so I'm going to ask you a question and you this is rhetorical you don't have to answer it out loud or write it down well, what are you thinking about right now what are you thinking about right now let me tell you where you are for some of you I'm not sure you're in a house of worship you're in the midst of a worship service we're here because of him we've sung about him we're going to talk about him 
We're going to go away from here either serving him and receiving him or rejecting him. My question is, what are you thinking about right now? Maybe you didn't turn the oven on. Maybe you forgot to do something else. What are you thinking about? I mean, since you've got here in the last 15 minutes, 30 minutes, have you said to anybody, you know, I'm worried about something. I want you to pray for me about this. The question is, what are you thinking about right now? As a man thinketh, so is he. The purpose of worship is to get focused on him and understand that nothing is impossible for him. And he says, I'll take the lead if you will follow me rather than following those that you've talked to or things you've read or things you've seen or maybe just made up. He says, follow me. The psalmist David gave us uh, a model thought when he wrote in the 119th Psalm, verses 132 and 133. He says, look upon me and be merciful to me. As your custom is towards those who love your name. Direct my steps by your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. What is he talking about here? Who is he talking to? When he says, look unto me and be merciful to me. He's talking about the Lord. His thoughts are on him. Speak to my heart, Lord Jesus. Deal with my life, Lord Jesus. Get me focused, Lord Jesus. Help me get rid of things in my life that shouldn't be there and help me bring into my life things that should have been there a long time ago. Speak, Lord. My focus is upon you. As a man thinketh, so is he. Now the fact is that most things that we encounter in this world divert us from thinking right. If we go to television or any kind of entertainment and let that be the prime direction of our thoughts, it, it helps us little in real life. But when we get focused upon him and we make up our mind that we are going to forget those things which lie behind and, pr and press forward towards the high mark that's set in Jesus Christ, then things happen. When you make a decision for Jesus, when an invitation is given in a worship service that you attend, and you're given an opportunity to leave behind all your garbage and have a brand new life and follow Jesus Christ, how many times have you heard that invitation and you have yet to respond to the simple command, follow me, think about me, focus on me. I will lead you in the path of righteousness for my name's sake. I will meet your every need. I will protect you from the evil one. And you just simply blow it off and go right back through the same Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, a little time off maybe on Saturday, and then go to a religious meeting on Sunday. But there's no direction in your life. Your thoughts are your thoughts. And our mind can get messed up from a whole lot of things. Our mind can change just that quick. We can be happy to hysterically hurting in a matter of a split second. Let me give you a definition. A mental stronghold is a stubbornly held desire that causes God to turn us over to the destruction 
of our own wrong thoughts and action. The Bible says there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is a way of death. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, verse 7, as a man thinketh, so is he. Anybody ever tell you, are you thinking about what you're doing right now? No, I don't ever think about what I'm doing. I just do it. Everybody knows I'm just busy, 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 busy. I talk. I don't have a thing to say, but I know it's time for me to talk, so I'll say something ridiculous. But the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. You ever ask this question after a thought that you've had? Why did I have that thought? I don't know why I thought that thought. Where in the world did that come from? Have you ever said anything and said, here's what we say, I can't believe I said that. You know why you can't believe you said that? Because you weren't thinking about it. You just said it. There's nothing to believe. You weren't thinking about anything. And we are so impulsive today, and, and we have so many reflexes that we just jump, move right, move left, forward, up and down, whatever. But oftentimes, our thoughts are the first step to turning us away from God. We begin to look out here and we hear a story about someone that something happened. They went to a, some kind of an event and, oh, it was great. And, and uh, or they saw a movie and they read a book, read this book, go to this movie, go to this place, do this stuff. This is a party like you won't believe. And we get caught up in the wave of humanity and we never stop to think what we're doing. And then we find ourselves doing things that have destroyed others and we're following them. You know, you wish that everyone could live at least three quarters of a century and see a culture grow up and see what happens to the heroes of 50 years ago. And understand that there was a time when they literally were gods walking on the earth as far as humanity was concerned. They were idols the show business idols, the rock and roll, and, and all of this kind of stuff. And oh, they were on top of the world. And now we're seeing them die one by one, and we're seeing how the story ends. And yet these were the heroes in the days of junior high and high school, intermediate school, high school, college. And we do the same thing, and we expect it not to happen to us. But you know what? We're not thinking. Again, the text is, as a man thinketh, so is he. When you don't think right and you let everything impact your mind other than God, you're going to have some serious, serious troubles. Because you know what happens a lot of times? Our thought that seems so strong when it comes is the very thing that turns us away from God for years. There are many a high school student that had a wrong thought and made a wrong turn and they didn't correct it for 20 or 30 years. And during those years, they suffered like you cannot believe. But they still don't understand and we don't understand. As a man thinketh, so is he. And the scripture says, let this mind be in you and me that was also in Christ Jesus. 
That we begin to think as he thought. We begin to deal with our enemies like he dealt with his enemies. We begin to think as he thinks, speak as he spoke, and do what he did. And all of a sudden the world begins to see a wonderful change has taken place in that person's life. How did it get started? They changed the way they were thinking. That's the way it happens. That's the way it's going to happen in your life. Many people come to religious services and as soon as they can, they get their mind off of the songs that are sung, the words that are spoken, and start thinking about what's going to happen this afternoon or tonight or next week. They never focus on him. I don't know whether it's fear or whether it's just the devil just turning heads and blinding eyes. But you just go through the motions. God's not impressed that we're here today if we're just here to be here because we thought we ought to be here with no purpose in mind. We didn't come here to worship. We didn't come here to study God's Word. We didn't come here to hear a, a sermon. We just came. Those people were driving in the parking lot, so I just drove in the parking lot. I just turned on my television. But you know what? When you start thinking right, Miracles are going to start happening in your life. And you're going to find out what it's like to be alive in a world that is in darkness. That you're going to be a light in a world of darkness. That you're going to have a purpose where most do not have a purpose. And when I hear all these words like chilling out and all that kind of stuff, I don't want to chill out. You know, I wouldn't have wanted to chill out when I was 15 and I sure don't want to do it now. I mean, that's a scary thought if you know anything about death. I'm not ready to chill out. Okay? But I still want to be living proof of a loving God to a watching world. And I can still say with sincerity, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. And when you've got a whole lot of days behind you, a whole lot more than you've got in front of you, it's a good thought to know the days that I walk with Jesus were the days that meant more in my life than any other days. He guided us to our truths, to the blessings of life that have come to you. All of us could tell stories about what happened after that moment that we invited Jesus Christ to come into our life. But the gods of this world are powerful. And these gods can quickly and unexpectedly tempt us and lead us away from the true God and true worship, and we don't even know it's happening. They are so deceptive. They are so powerful. I don't know who this girl Siri is. <laughs> but how in the world can she guide all of us at the same time? That is a scary thought. But I do know one that's real. God Jehovah, Jesus the Christ, the precious Holy Spirit, knows not only where I am and what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, but he will guide me into all truth. But I've got to think right. I don't want to get my directions from a Siri unless I know that Siri might help me find my way. But I know a God that knows where I'm supposed to go. And he will lead me. And he will empower me. And he will guide me. And he will provide for me. And he will protect me.
if simply we think right. Amen. Jesus is truth. He is the way. He is the life. Think about it. Do you want a real life? Do you want to live by the truth? Do you want to be guided into all the good things? No good thing will I withhold from you if you will love me, he says. He says simply think right. Know the word of God. Know the word of God. In Romans 1, 24 through 28, Paul describes a stronghold when people began to reject God's moral laws. Listen to the first chapter of the book of Romans, verses 24 and 25. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. This scripture is so clear to describe what's going on today. Instead of following him, we're following this world. We're letting the world change us generation by generation by generation by generation. But the truth of the scripture, you and I are living in the same world spiritually that Adam and Eve lived in when this world was formed. The same enemy, Satan. The same truth is God, Jehovah. It has not changed. The scripture says, I don't change. The Lord said, I don't change. I change not. And what was wrong then is wrong now. What was right then is right now. What was a priority then should be a priority now. And the goal should be the same as it was in the beginning of time. The word reprobate, we hear about, I don't want to be a reprobate. The word in the Greek is agnostos, from which we get the word agnostic. Whenever we think of an agnostic, we think of one that doesn't believe in God. Now, they can't prove there isn't a God, but they choose to believe there's not a God. They make their decision by faith. We make our decision by faith that there is a God. And the evidence is quite clear. For he has said, I make myself so evident in creation that you're without an excuse. And if you will think right, you will see that that is true. But you have to think right. As a man thinketh, so is he. Now here's a challenge I want to put before you in the next few moments. And I want you to make this message very personable in your life. We got to go all the way back to the Old Testament, to the book of Jeremiah, the prophet. He wrote in the 17th chapter, verse 9. Listen to these brief words. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Sin has messed us up. And because it has messed us up, cancer doesn't come close to being destructive. This is what's destructive. We are messed up mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and you can go on and on and on. But when we begin to get into the Scriptures, and the Scripture says, who can know it? 
We can know it. We can know the enemy and we can know the truth. And this is the way, as Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So I'm going to follow you. I want your way. You know where you're going. I don't know where I'm going. But I know who I'm following. And the way you do this, folks, is you stay in the Word of God every day. If every single one of us will learn by memory every day at least one verse of Scripture or a part of one verse of Scripture, a very meaningful picked verse of Scripture, read it, look at it, read it again, memorize it, shut your eyes, quote it, shut your eyes, go to sleep, wake up in the morning and put it to work and do that every day. When you have done that, and I have done that, our lives begin to take on right direction. It'll amaze you the, the, what you'll memorize on Friday night that you're going to need on Saturday night when you have to make some tough decisions. But when you get into the Word of God, then it comes alive. In Psalm 139 and verse 23 and 24, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of life everlasting. Isn't that what we want to do? Don't we want to be on the right road? I don't think a single one of us would leave Houston today and try to find who could lead us, put us on the road that's the worst road getting out of Houston today. I just can't believe anybody do that. We want to know the right way. We know where we're going, so how's the best way to get here? If I'm going to follow Jesus, where's the best way to get my information? Here it is, right here. Right here, this is it. It's not in books that have been written about this. It's right here. It is inerrant. It is infallible. Memorize it. Whatever translation of the Bible you use, memorize it. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against God. Thy word that I have hid in my heart that I will think right as he is, so I'm to be in this world. That's the key. That's the answer. Learn God's word and watch what happens. It is all laid out here. God wants us to follow him. And when God, when you ask God, show me where Satan has a stronghold in my life, he'll do it. I'll give you some real quick. Here's some strongholds. I want to stimulate your thinking this morning. We're not going to be able to go very far. But I'm just going to give you some thoughts and ask you, have you ever thought these thoughts? Have you ever thought these thoughts? Do you think these thoughts right now? These are the questions I'm asking. Now, here are the thoughts. Number one, do you ever have this thought? I can live a good life without having to get a fresh word from God and the Scripture every day. Let me read it again. You ever have this thought? I can live a good life without having to get a fresh word from Scripture every day. That even goes so far as to say, I can, I can be just good a Christian, not go to church, just going to church. That's where that leads to. I'm asking you a question now to use your mind. Do you believe with all your heart that you can be a better Christian tomorrow by not learning something from the Bible today? Or do you believe if you could learn something from the Bible today and put it into practice, you'd be a better person and a happier person and a more meaningful person to others? 
That's the way I want you and I to think. Matthew 4, 4 says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Here's my question. Any of you have this all memorized? Anybody say, you know, if y'all come tonight, well, the night after Larnell Harris comes, we're going to have this and we're going to let you just quote the Bible to us. How many would buy tickets for that? How many can do that? Not many, not any that I know of. But I tell you what, you can learn a scripture every day. And I can give you a list of the short ones, you know. I know you all know that Jesus wept, all right? I know that one, all right? And you're saying, I know Jesus loves me. No, that's a song, okay? <laughs> but study to show yourself approved unto God, right? A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, doing what? Rightly dividing the word of truth. You want to think right? Put the words of God in your mind tonight. As you're just laying on the pillow, listen to see if there's anything. You know, ice is falling out of the ice maker and... I think something just scratched the door and the dog is moaning in the washroom and all that kind of stuff. Why don't you just learn a short scripture and quote it to God about three times and go to sleep? And you know what? When you go to sleep thinking God's thoughts, you wake up thinking God's thoughts. The nightmares can go away. They can be replaced. Hate replaced by love. Number two. I can harbor ill thoughts, that's bitterness, against those who have hurt me or offended me. Can you today say, I'm sitting here right now, my feelings are hurt. And she's in my Sunday school class, and he's in my Sunday school class, and I go to church with him, I work with him, I know he's a Christian, but he just gets on my nerves. And I'm just sitting here thinking what I'm going to say to him tomorrow, because I've about had it up to here. Now, this is my brother in Christ and my sister in Christ, but I tell you, I'm about to hate them. But I want to be living proof of a loving God to all the office that don't know the Lord. And they're just waiting for the two Christians to fight it out about what happened at church the day before. The question is, have you ever had a thought that I can harbor ill thoughts and bitterness against those who have hurt me or offended me. Matthew 6, 15. If you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, while you got your ten list of those you hate, you need to get rid of that bunch today. You just need to take that to the Lord and leave it there and start thinking about Him. And when you start thinking about Him and living like Him, those people you're trying to win to the Lord will see a change took place in your life. And you've quit being so bitter and so critical and you've taken up the wonderful virtue of forgiveness. Father, forgive me of my sins as I forgive others who trespass against me. Some of us are in trouble. If that's the criteria he's going to use because Christians hold such bitterness against each other. Oh, today, my heart is broken about a church not too far from here right now and what they're going through this morning. Bitterness, bitterness, bitterness. God's people, quote, unquote. Listen, my dear friend. If you are naive about what's happening in your life, you're in a heap of trouble. Let me give you one that's real simple. I can look at sin in person or via technology 
and it won't hurt me. You ever hear anybody say that? I can go to any movie I want to. I got God living in me, and I can go, and I can handle it. I can do anything I want to. I can dress like I want to, act like I want to. It doesn't bother me, because bless God, I got baptized when I was 13 years old. My dear friend, if you don't understand, the devil can cut you to pieces in seconds and can change your life forever from a simple sin of saying, I can do anything I want to because I'm saved by grace, not by works. My dear friend, if you're saved by grace through faith, Jesus lives in your life. The Holy Spirit lives in your life. And when you pick up that stuff and go there, the Holy Spirit begins to convict you and bother you and make you want to change and not want to look like the world and act like the world and talk like the world and go where the world goes. You change. It's called a new birth. You must be born again. Matthew 5, 27. You've heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whoever looks on a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if your right eye offend you, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is profitable for you that one of your members should perish and not that your whole body should be cast into hell. The warning of our Lord in simple passages like that say, abstain from all appearance of evil. Number four, I can enjoy doing things with my freedom in Christ even though others, young and old, are offended by it. Can I tell you something, Christians? And the older we are, the more relevant this is. We're role models. We sing a song, Let Others See Jesus in You and in Me. Let Others See Jesus. We're role models. Well, I just think that I can handle it. But we're role models. And when they begin to follow us, and we're leading them in the path of unrighteousness instead of the path of righteousness. All of a sudden, bad things began to happen. Listen to Romans chapter 14, verse 21. It is not good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. And you want to argue with me about alcoholic beverages? You, you want to argue with me about social drinking? My dear friend, what I think doesn't matter one iota. But when you start introducing people, then you can handle yours and they can. Every one of us will give an account of ourselves to God. God says abstain from all appearance of evil. And alcohol and alcoholism is right at the top of killers in the world. And certainly in Houston, Texas. It's getting quiet. And it always does when you start scratching where it's itching. But I hope you get God's point, not mine. Every one of us are models to somebody. And I don't know who they are. I don't know who's watching me, but I know somebody is. And I don't know who's watching you, but somebody is. You need to be living proof of loving God to a watching world. Number five, and I'm almost through. Two more. My body belongs to me. So I can treat it in the way I choose. Does your body belong to you? I don't think so. You know what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20? 
For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. My spirit, my body belongs to God, and so does yours. And we are to live in a way that God will be glorified in our body. In Leviticus 19, 28, there's a shocking scripture. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. Woo! Wish they'd tear that out, don't you? You mean to tell me? You just think about it. I'm not going to go any farther with that one. But I would suggest you read it, Leviticus 19, 28. Number six. I'm old enough and I'm smart enough to make my own decisions. Wow, you're older than me. None of us can make our own decisions. But he can make them for us. He says, take up your cross and follow me. Die to yourself and follow me. Ephesians 6, 2 says, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Our children may be old enough to make their own decisions, but they're never old enough to prosper without the blessings of their parents. We need to pray for our kids, our grandkids. We need to pray one for another. In the body of Christ, we have children. You've led somebody to the Lord who's led somebody else to the Lord. So they're grandchildren spiritually, great-grandchildren. And our responsibility is to have the mind of Jesus so that we begin to direct them into all truths. And we are to take hold and win the battle. I'll give you seven rules for warfare, and I'm just going to read them out to you. Number one, begin a war that you can win. The only way I can win a war is to know who's in me. I can put on the helmet of salvation, the shield, the sword, but it's he that's in me that all power is given to. We can win the battle over sin if we get people to the cross. If we can get people to the blood. Because the blood of Christ cleanses from all sin. Whosoever will can be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Follow me. Take up your cross. Go with me. We win. In the end, we win. We win. Jesus is coming. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Romans 6.14, for sin shall not have dominion over you, but you're not under the law, but you're under grace. God will not bless us if we're content to live in our sin. But when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Number two, prepare your weapons. And use them for the glory of God. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down. So then faith comes by hearing. Romans 10, 17. And hearing by the word of God. What's our weapon? The faith. The shield of faith. The sword is, a, is the word of God. We're to put on the armor of God. And we can withstand against the evil one. And as the world moves forward. And time shall be no more. We've got to follow him. Take the shield of faith, quench the fiery darts, take the helmet of salvation, and take the sword, which is the word of God. Number three, cleanse your mind and cleanse your life. 
Number four, maintain a one accord in the body of Christ. Sage My Church is known throughout this land as portraying for a half of a century one of the most unified bodies of believers of any church in the world. You're welcome to see the minutes of this church for 50 years and you'll see what happens in business meetings here. We love God and we love each other. That is our strength. That is the reason God has chosen to bless us and we have God as our leader. And when we are not in one accord, bad things begin to happen. So take the offensive. If you don't know anything about sports, you'd rather have a good offense than a good defense. You show me a baseball team that can score 20 runs a game, and they're going to win a lot of games. It doesn't matter who's pitching to the other side. Offense is better than defense. Keep winning. Keep moving. Keep telling people about Jesus. That is our goal. And use the weapon that's given to you. That's my last one. Use the weapon. This book and your testimony and use it for the glory of God. I read last week at the Battle of Gettysburg when it was all over with, there were 27,574 rifles that they recovered after the war and 24,000 of those were fully loaded. Think about that. It might have come out different if they'd have shot their gun. But 20,000 out of 27,574 rifles that were found, they didn't shoot. That sounds like witnessing in a common church. You know, we don't witness to anybody. We just keep it loaded. Bro, I'm safe, safe, safe. Full of the Holy Spirit. I know the word, but I'm not telling you. <laughs> because if I told you, you might get mad at me. And, I'm, and you might lose my friendship. But the Bible says, what? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say so.